0: Done. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk, talk. Here comes
1: the money. Money, money, money. Money, 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 money. You know, talking to me about the players the group of guys that they have there right now and how they eat, sleep, breathe hockey. And to me that's that you know, that sold me. I want, I wanna be part of that and um, you know, they, they have they say they have a special group there and I wanna be uh, I wanna be one of those guys But. uh that plays there and then you know hopefully we can uh, build on that and have some success
0: and that is the voice of the new member of the toronto maple lease patrick marlowe who definitely broke the bank in free agency signing a three-year deal with the lease with a cap hit of 6.25 million per year i'm david morisuti back with you for another edition of the tip of the tower podcast chris okranitz is on vacation Austin is getting ready to move. Omar is at work. But don't worry, we got Jake, who rushed back from the cottage to come to the studio to record today. Jake?
1: So it makes up for all those other losses.
0: It definitely does. I mean, any day we can be stuck inside of a nice studio on a sunny day to talk free agency, pretty good day. Uh, So let's start with the Patrick Marlowe signing. So July 1st comes around. Four teams were apparently interested in Patrick Marlowe. San Jose Sharks, then you had the Leafs, you had the Anaheim Ducks and the Dallas Stars where the four teams are rumored to be interested in Marlowe. First day of free agency goes by, not a peep out of the Marlowe camp. Go into day two, so July 2nd, about, I would say, what, 5.30, the news breaks out. Everybody's phones just go off the off the rails that Marlowe signs with the Leafs. What was your initial reaction to the signing? Um,
1: I mean, initially within the first you know 15 minutes, you're you're excited that they got you know probably one of the top three to five free agents on the market. Even though it's not really a a big class, there were there were probably three to five guys out there that you know were going to make uh, a pretty decent um, bit of production into into their new teams and would make a difference. Uh, guys like Radulov, uh, Thornton. Um, Marlo, uh Ben Bishop was out there. Uh, there, there were a couple guys, a couple useful players out there, and and also Shattenkirk with the Rangers. And initially, I was really happy because I thought he'd fit in, you know, right away with Matthews on that first line on that wing. Uh, we don't really have a lot of left wingers, but then you kind of went back and you looked at the contract, and you're like, hmm, six point two five. That's kind of a lot of money. I pictured he'd be in the like five to five and a half million dollar range, and I thought he'd get two years. Um, I'm not a real fan of the third year, considering he'll, he's an over 35 player, and you know, with those types of guys, you can't really put them on Robidoux Island. You can't just make them go away; they'll stay there. But you know, then again, this is a this is a you know general manager and coach that haven't steered us wrong yet, so. You know, you gotta have your trust in that they know what they're doing, and and they believe he can be productive in two to three years from now.
0: So the Leafs are very active with free agents. You know, they bring in Marlow, they add Ron Hainsey, they bring in Dominic Moore, and then re-sign Curtis McIlhenny. So the Leafs had four holes that they needed to fill in free agency, and they they filled all four holes. But just back to the Marlow thing for a second, I I do get. Like, this was something I've been you know, listening to on the radio, all over Twitter I've gotten into some uh, some conversations on, you know, the whole Marlo Age thing. Look, I understand he's old, getting old. We know that he's a you know what he's done in the past. Mm-hmm. We know what he is capable of and the guess, the cap hits high, but we all know that going into free agency, a player like Marlowe is not a guy you're gonna get on a bargain. If you want to take a guy like that out of the city he's played with for almost 20 years, he ain't going to be leaving on a bargain. He's going to he understands his value and he's going to and he understands that this free agency class was not superb, and you mentioned that. This was going to take a significant offer to get him to move and the Leafs I guess offering that third year, maybe a little more money, did that. But it also shows that the Leafs have essentially a 3-year window of course, with the Marlowe contract, that they can afford to do something like this where they can add a guy like this and make that hefty cap, you know. they they It's not even going to... Like, I hear people talking about making a huge dent in the cap. It's not a huge dent in the cap. It's just one player. And he's only making $6.25 million. Um, So it's not like he, the Leafs went out and did what they did, like a David Clarkson signing. Like, we've seen the Leafs make way worse decisions than this. I don't even call this a bad decision. You're you're bringing in a guy who two years ago was playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. He's taken San Jose to the playoffs. God knows how many. Like, their run was very similar to Detroit where they were always in the mix. They just ran into some really hard, you know, Chicago teams, L.A. teams. Like, San Jose was a legit contender in the West. So before people get all, you know, what has he won, what has he done, he does some pretty good things, and to add a guy like that to a mix of you know Matthews, Nylander, Marner, like just think, Zach Hyman will not be the one receiving passes from Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews will be receiving passes from Marlow. Austin Matthews will be seeing a guy streaking down the wing like with Marlow's speed and be able to take a shot and not goof up on a chance in front of the net. This is a guy who I think. Can easily score 25 goals, and that's a minimum, I think. He had 27 last year. He had 27 last year. He hasn't missed a game 624 straight games. He he's played. Not many players, especially at his age, can do that. So, I think mean, before people get all crazy about his age, what he's he gonna do, his cap hit, you got to look at the player first. I know we know what he's capable of, and i I'm not the guy who's gonna try to criticize a signing until I see him on the ice. I think people should just kind of hold off on being too judgmental on it until he's we've actually seen him put skates on with the Leafs. so that that's kind of my thinking on Marlowe you You were kind of going through your whole depth chart. I think we're in agreement that it's Austin Matthews is the guy you're playing him with, although I've heard some rumblings that he should be on a third line which makes absolutely no sense given that you're paying the guy over six million dollars why is it why are we obviously saying automatically he's playing with austin matthews why why is that such a foregone conclusion i mean this is a
1: this is a guy that you know i think he had about four or five five teams that offered him contracts i also i guarantee to other teams offer him three-year deals i don't think toronto was the only one to do that I know that uh San Jose offered him 2 years with maybe even more money than the Leafs but I think he he did it cuz he got extra term and and there's no way he doesn't get the okay that that's who he's playing with. There's no way he would sign up to be like to go play third line with Nazem Kadri. I mean that might be, you know, a pretty decent setup for some guys but he came here because he, he wants to play with thirty four and that's 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 like I mean, you at least you can promise that and you're starting with it right away. He might not finish the season that way, even though I expect him to. But I mean, look at why Lucci signed. I mean, if they didn't have McDavid, there's no way he's even signing there. That's the reason that's the reason you get free agents of, of you know, his talent and, and his uh his history is because you have, you know, elite talent up front and, and he said uh, at his, at his introductory phone call or whatever it was on all the radio shows that he was looking forward to playing with the young superstars they had, they have three of them. So I'd imagine he's playing with like at least one of them.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is he's also very familiar with Mike Babcock. Yeah. Played in two Olympics. one two, two gold. Two gold medals. I mean, if you ever, if I remember going back to the 2010 Olympics, he was one of the star forwards for Canada. Like oh yeah, people people forget that Crosby was not putting up big numbers in the Olympics. It was no, I,
1: if that without that golden goal that really saved him.
0: That did, and and, you,
1: and also in 2014 when he scored the breakaway against Sweden. Uh,
0: yeah, so when I look, you know, Marlowe's the type of you know he's a two way player. I, I don't just look at the offensive numbers. I know that they haven't been what they used to be. NHL players, you find a, a player that's getting 82 points. Now, which is essentially a point per game, there's not many guys that can do that. Just with the way that the league has been moving on to, you know, better defensive strategies and the younger players are the ones that are usually driving it. So what are your expectations for him this season? My expectations, as I said, was 25, at least 25 goals. He's probably going to put up more assists playing with, you know, a pretty good goal scorer in Austin Matthews.
1: I think he scores 30 goals.
0: And how many
1: times did you know me especially? How many goals could Zach Hyman have scored just because nobody even took him as a legitimate option, scoring option? They had—they're basically playing four-on-five the whole time. Because if I'm on the other team and I see him sitting in front of that, I'm, who gives a shit? He's not scoring, and it, he doesn't. He had—I uh, think he had ten goals. Uh-huh. Four of them were shorthanded. Some of the worst shorthanded goals I've ever seen. He basically, like, every time he shoots, he shoots it right at the guy's chest. Like he he thinks there's going to be a hole hidden in his chest that he can just find it through. I mean, hardworking guy, but yeah, he's he's not a top nine forward. No, in the I, NHL.
0: and now I think with the Marlowe signing, he will be back into the. He'll be in a fourth line role because you mean.
1: I mean, he's obviously got more value than a regular fourth liner because yeah. he's an elite penalty killer. And that's you know an added bonus. He'll, he'll still get 16 minutes a night uh, playing time. So
0: yeah, he's a guy that can move up and down the lineup. It, it's just the offensive numbers he wasn't putting. He wasn't. That's the reason why he wasn't a top six forward. It's not because of what he does defensively. It's what he does offensively. So Hyman will will get his fair share of playing time with Babcock, who still really likes him. Uh, let's move on to. The other older guys, because apparently that's ever what everyone's calling now is, you got Ron Hainsey who wins his first ever Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins on a blue line that what was like it was like almost like a Lego set, like you know. Just putting in pieces to repair after broken after it got broken down so much well
1: it's the it's the lost toy box with all the random toys from uh from other kids that they they didn't want anymore and just they built something that somehow you know it bended a lot it bent a lot but it you know it didn't break and they were lucky enough to repeat so
0: yeah so Ron hazy gets two years three million dollars per season yeah. Again, free agency, if you're looking for a guy like him to take a bargain after just winning a Stanley Cup, after he went through a really grueling you know, playoffs with the Pittsburgh Penguins, again, I don't know where pe- what people's expectations are with free agency, but that's usually how it goes. I, I like the signing because he's a veteran guy. He can play both the left and right side. We saw that with Pittsburgh. He played mostly on the right side. Mm-hmm. Um. We, we needed a guy who is who brings stability and, I mean, obviously the veteran presence. They didn't have a guy like this during the year when the team was really struggling. You know, he was talking about how Carolina plays a very similar style to the Leafs. They they run pretty similar styles, so that shouldn't be too much of an adjustment for him.
1: Um, He's basically a slight upgrade on Matt Hunwick with less term.
0: Yeah, Hunwick got three years yeah, with the two, Penguins. 2-2-5, two,
1: two, I think.
0: He he got less money because he got that extra he's year. he's Not as
1: good a player either.
0: No, and look, Hummick played very well in the playoffs for the Leafs. He stepped up when they needed him to. But if I'm if I'm a guy, if I'm looking at who I would rather have, I probably take Hainsy because I he's more of an established player. He's a guy that I, I think is more stable. Hopefully, he plays with a semi decent defensive partner.
1: In the end, he's just a stopgap too. Getting to those younger defensemen, you know, a Lillgren. Yeah, a, a that's Nielsen, the other thing too. Like yeah,
0: because going into people are saying it, the market for defensemen is very thin, and I wouldn't be comfortable having two rookies playing on the third pairing because then no. that would mean Gardner, Riley, Zaitsev taking a lot more ice time. And getting I think worn on down. defense,
1: you got to kind of, if you're going to be a good team, you got to kind of integrate one young defenseman a year. Yeah, I would never try and throw. Two or three, I think forwards. It's different, but on D, because it's a lot harder position to learn. So,
0: yeah. So, do you see Haynes? I, I well, p- most people see Haynes as the bottom pairing guy. With, you know, you could throw yeah. Durman, Rosen, yeah, young, Borgman, young. one of one of the young guys. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, Babcock has talked highly on pretty much all the younger D men. Obviously, there's. It also makes it easier because they're not pushed in a situation where all three of them have to make the team. Yeah. I, I only see one one of them That's maybe good. That's making you the want. team. And you don't want to just
1: hand them jobs. You want them to, exactly. to take it themselves.
0: And you also want, if in case of an injury, one guy could be playing with the Marleys and get called up and come in and play in your lineup and go back down. That might even be a better way to get them integrated into the lineup is to call them up when you need them to. They get that little taste, go back with the Marleys, work I on mean, whatever I, they need just to. Just
1: based on what the Marleys did, you know, they got two – Really high-end AHL players. I don't uh, their names elude me, but you know I think they got a high-end uh, offensive defense. Oh mid-
0: yeah, they got
1: and a centerman too, Van something.
0: Okay, so they got yeah, so they got. I was trying to. I have the cap. I have the cap friendly in front of me. So they got Vincent Loverd. Yeah, he's a right D. He's uh, he's not. Premier offensive guy, but, but he won the Calder Cup with I think, Ontario the Kings. Reign. Yeah, so he's a guy who brings pedigree. Uh, he's a replacement on Andrew Campbell, who is not a very good defenseman. He's no. a great, he was a great leader, but not a great defenseman. And they also added, um, I got the list uh, Mueller, who is who can score in at the AHL level. It's no surprise that they need. So they were a young team last year that lacked depth. Uh, yes. that that's the one thing it is, is you bring in guys who can give you depth. Who
1: that's that's the thing that I think uh, has really worked out for teams like Grand Rapids and uh, what's the Pittsburgh team? Scranton, I think. Wilkes-Barre, Scranton. Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and, and Hershey is that, you know, they have those young guys, but they also have those established high-end AHL players. Yep. So, you know, it's not just all on them. Obviously, you want them. It, you want the majority the, uh, to be on them, but you know it, it's going to be different from the Marleys team that was the record-breaking team with Nylander yeah. and Brown and all those guys. And because they don't have as high-end prospects, I mean, you're, they're still going to have a ton of young players who are going to make probably have play some big roles for the Marlies. Guys like uh, you know Shaw, Bracco, um, Adam Brooks, Adam Brooks, you know the two Swedish kids, and maybe even Dermot. So, you know, I, I like that play, and I think, you know, just having a guy, um, in, in, you know, an established NHLer, so basically these guys are going to have to, you know, be so good that you have to call them up.
0: Yeah, and the other one was Colin Greening. I couldn't remember. I was like, who was the third guy they brought in? Well, they brought him back, so technically yeah. it's a new guy there. This one, This signing here that they did with Dominic Moore – the reason why I really liked it is because it's a million dollars one year. I like that a lot. For a fourth line, you know what it also means. I think he might be better than Brian Boyle. That was my point. Brian Boyle gets two years at two point five five per year. No offense to Brian Boyle, he's he did a great job with the Leafs, but
1: I don't think it's that massive a difference between him and Dominic Moore. No. and you save a million and a half. You save a million and a half. That million and a half now goes to a guy like Patrick Marlowe. You know, you combine him and. Dominic Moore, you save yourself a million and a half money. So
0: Yeah, and not only that, when I look at what Moore brings as opposed to Boyle, Moore is probably a better skater, got a little more speed, still really good on the draws. You're not getting a big drop-off. If anything, I don't even think you're getting a drop-off between them. Uh, the other reason why I like the Dominic Moore signing, and you're going to like this too, Ben Smith will not be the fourth line center this year.
1: Whew, thank God. So God bless him, but go home.
0: <laughs> so I think I think the Boston Bruins did uh, the Leafs a big service of not bringing back Dominic Moore. So, and I remember when Dominic Moore was with the Leafs. I mean, this is also years ago. He could put up points. So he's got he's got some scoring ability. I mean, I'm not expecting him to put up goals. I'm expecting him to. I think move. he had like
1: 25, 30 points, something like. Yeah,
0: that. Yeah, which is what you expect from a fourth line guy. Like you know what you're getting from a guy like Dominic Moore. I'm and you're not expecting any more or any less. He's just a decent player for you. Um this this is more now we have to get into the nitty-gritty of the Leafs. Apparently cap situation now that they added mm mm-hmm. Mhm. our good old like good old uh cap cap friendly in front of us. I was just about to say cap geek, which I really miss. Um so right now the Leafs are over the cap. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Because of the, but that's also because
1: bonus overages, long term IR, multiple different yeah. things.
0: They're just, they're over by a million, well, what, a million point six, million seven. We'll just give it about that, that cushion there. Uh, they can be 10% over until the season starts. So seven and a half million extra. Yeah. 82 and a half. So are the Leafs in a cap problem <laughs> that everyone's saying? I don't get it. I don't get where some people are getting where. I had somebody say, "Well, then that means they're not be- going to be free agent players going forward." And my argument to that is,
1: we shouldn't be free agent players we, moving forward. We
0: shouldn't be because you have more you have a be- more of a priority towards your actual players than need <laughs> to be signed. If we're free
1: agent players, we're screwed. Yes, because we Thank have. You. I mean, I'll just look at uh, Capgeek right now and look at get key pieces that they have to sign. Matthews, Nylander, Marner, um, you know, Connor Brown, Kasperi Kapanen's a guy you're going to have to pay at the end of next year, uh, JVR, Bozak, um, you know, th- that's just to name a few. So I'd, I'd rather pay all those guys who we know have a fit here over any guy that's on the market because it's not like, you know, guys are just aren't getting their free agency anymore. You can see that at July first with Kerry Price getting signed. Yeah. McDavid, uh
0: Dry will eventually get signed. The Sharks guys. Vlasic and Martin Jones. Yeah. Th- this was my point is that when your approach to free agency, I think the approach for any team for free agency should be what you have as what as opposed to what you expect to be there. I had somebody suggest Tavares. We don't I, like the chance of a Tavares making to free We're agency. We're not
1: the Knicks. I'm not waiting on a chance, a hope and a whim that exactly. we can sign him. That's just not, take care of what you what you can.
0: That this is this is the problem and then and, and some he also meant, somebody else also mentioned Dowdy and all of Eric McLarson and Eric Carlson. Those guys if those guys make it to free agency, the teams that let them go to free agency screwed up.
1: Or if they do and it comes to that, you know, Worst comes to worst, and they say, Hey, we might come to the Leafs, open up eight and a half million. They'll move out someone to yeah. get eight and a half million.
0: In exactly. Space. Look, oh, are we expecting the cap to remain flat?
1: No, I'd expect it to go up incrementally, maybe two, two and a half million a year. That
0: two, two and a half million per year will eventually add up. Yeah. I mean, look, Dowdy, if we're even considering Dowdy, that's two two years that's from now. That's
1: five million. It's at 80 million. Okay. That's, that's lowballing it.
0: Yeah. Um, if we're like Tavares, I'm not, it's not, that I don't want Tavares. It's just not a play. I think the Leafs should be looking at because you're then, if you really want to talk about screwing up your cap, that's eight years. And he's probably getting what? 11, 12 million a season as a free agent. Yeah. Like a sweetheart contract for the, for the Islanders would be 10, 10 and a half What Taves and Kane signed. what Carey Price has signed with Montreal. Yeah, I, th-
1: I think, uh, he's probably going to get something around 10 and a half, maybe 10. Like, I know he's, he's like CAA sports guy, so I'm pretty sure that's Kane and Taves too. So they might look yeah. for that same number.
0: Exactly. Like, I don't, I don't get where people are thinking also that just because he's from Toronto, these guys are going to take discount. That Their agents are not going to like that. <laughs> the agents will want to make them happy, but they also want them to get paid because guess what? Agents also want to get paid.
1: I mean, the, the whole hometown discount, I hate that. It's such a joke. Like you ask, they're like, take a hometown discount. Why? So they can give my money to someone else, unless I know what it's going to and I approve of it. Which they would. No player has that power. Uh, th- I wouldn't take that. That's your job. That's why you're
0: getting paid. Look, this isn't Kevin Durant taking less money to stay with OKC. Well, that's yeah. That's a guy that like,
1: has a hundred million dollars off
0: the court. At too.
1: I mean, he makes that from you know Nike and all the other stuff and. Also that's what you get in the, in basketball when you win championships is I think it's a little more clout than in hockey mm-hmm. cuz rings have kind of a a massive importance to basketball.
0: Yep. Look and yeah, those guys want to win, they want to keep those super team al- super teams alive. So, I'm Tavares is I'm not even looking at that. I don't even think the Leafs are looking at that. They may want to say that they are, but if it comes
1: up yeah, that'd be great and maybe we could find a way to put ourselves in that position, but then again, I I'd I'd, <laughs> I'd rather sign our own guys instead.
0: Exactly. And you're you're trusting that you're going to keep drafting and developing good players mm-hmm. going forward yep. too. Yeah.
1: That's the most important thing to do yeah. too.
0: So, yeah, I mean, we talked about th- that was actually a good point is that we've been talking about drafting and developing guys for what the last 2-3 years. Now all of a sudden people are worried about luring in free agents. I just love how this whole recent bound to success has totally changed people's perceptions on how to build a winning team, and it's wrong. So people, stop doing it, okay?
1: I don't know. It's it's just haters. I mean, people did it with the Oilers, too. I don't care. Look, I don't really care what the Oilers do. They, they can pay him whatever they want. He could pay him $100 million, whatever. I yeah. don't care about the Oilers.
0: Exactly. I just
1: care about what the Leafs do.
0: And right now, the Leafs are doing pretty good on my books.
1: And it's, pretty much anybody else is just a hater.
0: Look, the fact that they're able to
1: get—I mean, how many teams yeah. out there in the league have talent like the three players that we have? Yeah, one, maybe two. Exactly. And when so you, I'm not really concerned about the rest of the fans.
0: You got a second line center in Nazem Kadri making four and a half million dollars. Yeah. You he, have—he'd
1: probably be worth seven. A top on the open open market. You
0: have a top pairing defenseman in Morgan Raleigh making five million dollars. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev. People gave flack about that contract. He's making four and a half. Those types of contracts.
1: And the Freddie Anderson one. If he plays yeah. like he did in the playoffs, you know, you got Price making ten and a half, and he's making what five?
0: Yeah, he's making half that. He's making five.
1: So he's he's not half the goalie. He's probably <laughs> probably worth seven and a half to some teams.
0: And the one thing I will say about the McLean signing. Under a million dollars, you see what backup goalies got on the mar- open market.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I was shocked that Anders Nielsen got two and a half million dollars. I mean, yeah, Vancouver's a mess, but good for him. Hey, yeah, good for him for getting his money.
0: Taking advantage an and Jonathan Bernier with Colorado. Two point
1: seven five. Jesus Christ. So then again, you know, we found a goalie by waivers. I'm sure they could find a goalie by waivers too.
0: Exactly. So. That those types of contracts, those types of moves, and then you look at the Leafs are so going to implement younger players into the lineup that cost basically nothing. It's just the cap overages from the bonuses they have to keep in mind, and they also have probably one of the best cap strategists in the league, guy who mm-hmm. pretty much was a part of the CBA planning, so I'm not too worried about that. Um, I just want to bring up one thing with the Connor Brown Zach Hyman thing. Uh, I was reading James Myrtle's uh, article in The Athletic, He suggested that both of them should do two-year deals under $2 million each for their cap hit just so that the Leafs may have some flexibility to add into this maybe window that just opened up for contending. And we're going to get into that window right after this. But if you're the Leafs, should the plan be to maybe not give those guys the money right now so that you have that flexibility to maybe add some other players? Or do you just pay them, give them a little more term, pay them a little bit more now?
1: That's what I would do for. That's what i do for Connor Brown, because he actually looks like a guy who can score you 20, 25 goals a year, and that's probably worth you know three to four million dollars.
0: What, what would you pay him, considering he's your own if guy? If I
1: if I was his agent and I was on the open market, I'd look exactly at what Andrew Shaw's making, and I think he makes like three point eight million. Yeah, I think if that's I'm the left. Leafs, if you can get him for two point nine million. On five-year deal, that's pretty good value. Yeah. And I think he's a guy from Etobicoke, just drove through it, you know, pretty close to the ACC. That's a guy that would take a hometown discount because this actually is his hometown.
0: Yeah. Those, those are the guys I think Babcock, when he talks about the guys who want to play here, the guys that want to stay here and they're going to take less money to do it, and I think Connor Brown. And we talked about this last podcast. He's a guy that I know – would not want to play for another team. No, he would just tell his agent, "Look, I want to stay here as long as I, obvi- I can."
1: Obviously, I want to get paid, but yeah. I mean, if I have to take five hundred grand less a year, I mean, yeah, there's wor- <laughs> worse things in the world. So I
0: think, like a guy like Zach Hyman, we can say give him a two year deal.
1: Yeah, maybe like one and one point two something.
0: Like a one point five is a max. let just.
1: I can think of nine wingers that are better than him yeah on system. this team Yep, i'd ra- i'd rather have cap and i'd rather play levo over him Yep. i mean the only thing he really does is kill penalties but connor brown does that and he's a better scorer
0: yep definitely uh
1: and dominic brown's a pretty good penalty killer too so
0: yeah and then you got tim gleason and jared cowan's cap hits will be gone for their buyouts Yep. I mean the Phil Castle 1.2 million. We know that's going to be there for it's the write off, and also
1: a, the the added yeah. thing that I didn't even notice was the was the bonus overage because I did the math on the money and I was just like, this doesn't make sense, and yeah. then I saw in the Capgeek Geek bonus over just five million like. That kind of hurts, but eh, and you're whatever. and
0: you're probably going to expect the same thing next you're, season. Yeah,
1: I mean, paying three superstars, what turns to be nine million dollars total, is some I'll take.
0: That's what you're going to get paid for one of those guys when their one. contract yeah, is up. Yeah, that'll be one. So yeah, I don't think, I don't think there should be any worries about that. Um, this is where now the window to compete comes up. Uh, the leaves. This is where everybody's probably is. Everybody's saying that the rebuild is over. I think you're building. You're not rebuild. Like I, my my vision, like my idea of a rebuild is that you tear it down, add some assets, bring in the younger guys. Now you try to build that up towards a championship. They're in that, and that stage where you're building a competitive team. You're building that competing team. By the looks of it, the one thing they're missing is a top four defenseman on the right side. Mm-hmm. Do you see them adding that this summer?
1: I don't know. It's going to be hard, you know. the The options are few and far between. Obviously, you know the guys that look like they could be available. For me, there's only two that I think would be a significant upgrade over what we have, and it's it's Jason Demers. Obviously, he he nixed a deal to to Vancouver because he actually has a brain and (laughs) (laughs) wants to play past uh, January until they pack in the season and play like. 17 year olds the whole season and a guy like justin Falk. i mean (laughs) the thing i don't understand with carolina is how they just have so many defensemen
0: yeah they might have 10 defensemen so uh, we we looked at uh, i'll bring two points up but just looking at carolina's defensemen they have obviously they have six signed for this season they have only one defenseman Making yeah. more than a million dollars.
1: That is that is where stacking up a one position is gonna hurt because mm-hmm. defensemen are more valuable than wingers, obviously in trade, but they're also more valuable in terms of money gonna make money gonna be made and they're gonna get paid. I mean Jacob Slavin is a great player. Brett Pesci a great player. Uh Hannafin was a top five pick. He's gonna go into his last year of entry level. He's gonna need a deal. The only one yeah, the only one signs Justin Falk. Is Van Reemsdyke on a deal? He
0: he. So I can count on one hand. So five that need to be signed next season. Five.
1: And what's their cap situation? I I can't think it's it's bad at all, but it's probably.
0: Look, I mean, the Jordan they're
1: never going to be a cap team.
0: Yeah, no, they're not. Jordan Stall making six million dollars a year is not helping that. So they have cap room right now, but they don't. It doesn't look like. I mean, they they could add another defenseman. Although, unless they decide to bring one up. But next season, they have to sign 5D men.
1: I think Lindholm next season. Lindholm year.
0: needs to be re-signed. Joachim Nordstrom needs to be signed. Uh, Derek Ryan is a guy they brought on a one-year UFA. Jeff
1: Skinner's going to need a uh, an extension if he wants to play there. He's, he's and done if, two if they years. have any hopes of competing, uh, they're going to need to add some offense, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were rumored to be looking at adding more scoring elsewhere they
1: kind of remind me uh or they strike me as a team if it's 60 if 75 million is the cap i think they'd have an internal cap of about 65-67 cuz they're not going to be at the they're not a cap team they probably never will be but they'll yeah. they'll never be um a floor team like arizona either
0: yeah and I mean, they trade. They made that trade for Van Riemsdyk, which I thought great was great trade. A great trade. It's just now you got to sign the guy. Yeah. Um. You look at the, mar- you know, their their minor league. They got a guy like you know Jake Bean, who's still in juniors, eighteen. He's probably coming he'll he'll be a guy that they'll eventually bring into the lineup. Hayden Fleury, Hayden Roland Fleury.
1: McEwen. I mean, they got some they got some pretty good young defensemen. They do who could bust through.
0: So if you're the Leafs, do you make a little phone call to Ron Francis and say, Look, you got a lot of defensemen. This is almost like the Anaheim situation. Yeah. You have a lot of defensemen.
1: But they're Anaheim's a little more strapped for yeah. because they have a window that they kinda have to
0: the, Yeah. Fit they, in right now. They do. They had to just give up a pretty good defenseman Shea Theodore to try to keep that from imploding. Yeah. Um I w- I mean, do you go and you say, "Okay, you need to move a defenseman. Who's a guy you you just mentioned, Falk. Um do you think Carolina is willing to deal a guy who's 25 years old and making under 5 million the next 3 seasons?
1: It's going to cost a lot.
0: It is. What would well, okay? So obviously Carolina needs scoring. What's the starting point going to be for a guy like Justin Falk?
1: I think you're going to need at least James Van
0: Riemsdijk to agree to an extension. Ooh, that's tough. He just nixed a deal to the Islanders. So that's that's a good point right there. And it, he's
1: from that area too.
0: Yeah, like he's not far from there. But that's
1: a team that can give yeah. you money. I mean, they paid a lot of money for. um. Scott Darling, who hadn't really yeah. proved much, I think he got over four million dollars. He just yeah, it's so, so that, like so that's four. a team where, you know, maybe yeah, you're uh, foregoing the chance to go to UFA, but you're probably going to get a significant upgrade on what your four two five is maybe five seven five, and <laughs> yeah. you know it would take that and a first round pick. I think I think he's probably a better player than Hamonic because I mean he scored seventeen goals last year and. <laughs> There are not many guys that can score over over ten to fifteen goals from the back end.
0: Nope, and that's something the Leafs would actually need
1: because they just don't get goals. I think the only guy that had double digit goals was Gardner.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, what did uh, Gardner? Yeah. I mean, Gardner doesn't even have a booming shot from the point. Riley, but it gets through. It gets through. Riley is a guy who just throws it at the net, and you know you take a prayer. Gardner had nine goals last season. His career high is ten. And yeah. he's done that. At
1: not that's it. Not a single guy who yeah. has uh, double-digit goals.
0: So I would like a. I had a guy like I, this. Is where I think that that Hammond deal kind of really hurt the least because his cap hit was lower. Perfect. I, I would have paid that, hit.
1: but it kind of sucks because they just didn't want to give it to a team that they're going to be playing against, and that makes sense to me.
0: Yep. So. The other guy you brought we brought up was Jason Demers. Now we know that Jason Demers has a. You no, know, Falk doesn't have a no trade, so he has no say. Demers does. Mm-hmm. I brought this up when they signed Marlow, which is you got now a former teammate. One phone call to say hey, come to the Leafs makes it a little easier uh, oh, yeah, because Marlowe. Yeah, you have Marlow who can call him and say, "Look, we're we're this is a team that's ready to compete now." Demers is 29. He's making 4.5 over the next four seasons. Florida cannot afford to... like they Obviously, they have the cap. It's just Florida is a team that can't spend if they're not winning. And last season was not great for them. They need to shed salary, as you saw with Riley Smith being moved. They're not bringing back Yager. They lost Marciusel, who was making a sweetheart contract, but that's the cost of... I don't even know who they were going to lose to Vegas if they were. That was really, really confusing with the whole Riley Smith. I think uh, they
1: didn't want to lose a guy like Petrovic or Mark Pesic or something like
0: that. Yeah, guys who are making pretty good good money on your back end. Um, So Demers, I I think a guy like Demers you can get from Florida for a pretty decent price.
1: If you remember what I said last year during the free agent frenzy, the Leafs didn't do anything, but that was a guy I wanted. Yeah, I thought he was a pretty decent player, and I didn't think he would cost so much. And I think what's he getting four and a half million dollars or something? Yep.
0: that's that's the type of cap hit the Leafs would want for a top a top four right handed defenseman. Um, this is where I would even tell Florida, look, um, we will take that off your hands. And you give need you to
1: a, maybe a draft pick and a uh, maybe a Josh Levo or something like that. Cause I, it it kind of yep. looks like they're trying to move him.
0: And I would also try to add, like, a contract, like maybe a Marchenko, maybe a Fair, just to alleviate the cap, because, like, Marchenko makes 1.45, which is not, it's not, it's not bad, but you don't want that on your team. Yeah, ideally. Uh, Fair is making 2 million on the cap. I mean, Fair Fair can give you something if, you know, a guy gets injured, he can plug into the lineup, give you something, but... At $2 million, I would rather not have it. Right. And I would not – and, you know, people will say, you know, send them down to the AHL, but you're still going to have to pay part of that contract even if you do send them down. Yeah. So this is where I would say to Florida, look, we will give you a little bit more if you take a a couple contracts off our hands because Florida – and, look, like Marchenko and Fair are done after the season. They don't have to really worry about afterwards. We can give them a younger forward. A guy like Levo, a guy like Sashnikov, I think those guys that are not established on this line in this lineup make some room for a guy like Kapitan who I think is going to have a hard time making the team just because I
1: don't know of why.
0: Room. He's a great player. It's not because I don't think he's a great player. It's just I they think move I think someone. he's
1: pretty much locked in to make the team.
0: Where is he going to play? Because that's where I was. Where we're going to go next is. They this this forward team this forward group is log jam. He kind of has to
1: play on the fourth line, and yeah, you know it's a good problem to have, but it is.
0: So and I remember people were talking about what's this Leafs team gonna be like moving forward. A guy like you know Alejo Komarov, are you keeping him around? Are you gonna be keeping? No. Like, Jane, like, when people are talking about Van Riemsdyk, I would try to move him if I can. But if you're seeing a window to compete now, are you afraid of losing him for nothing?
1: No. I don't think only, at this stage you can trade him for futures. I yeah. think the only thing that would make sense would be a hockey deal. Because yeah. I just, there's no, unless they fall out, there's pretty much no way you could trade him for, yeah. for futures.
0: So I would rather keep JVR if they can't trade him for a defenseman. And then you just kind of you say thank you for your helping us get into a competitive window, into our competitive window. Go make your money because mm-hmm. he, he this is going to be one of his last time to make a good have a good deal. Yeah, people thinking he's going to sign a discount to stay in Toronto unless he really loves the situation and really wants to stay. No, it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I don't see it either.
0: Uh, like that's something the Leafs are going to have to keep in mind. You also look at the free agent class next season. I don't. I don't see a defenseman that the Leafs are going to want next season. I, I just don't. So I think if you're going to move a guy like Van Riemsdyk, you can bring in a defenseman. It has to be done in the off season.
1: Yeah, they, that they kind of. I'm not trading JVR during
0: the them. year. No. To add a defenseman, I,
1: I doubt that would make sense for any other team. Either.
0: Because the one thing the Leafs can do is they can go over the cap in the playoffs. So if they want to add a defenseman during the trade deadline, they can do kind of what Chicago did when they kind of loaded up. Obviously, they need a guy to be injured. Mm-hmm. We hope it doesn't come to that. But that, that's another thing that the Leafs can, can do moving forward. I think you're, you're basically looking at who you can move out to bring someone else in or who can you bring in that's on the cheap and kind of offset it with some other salaries. It's not going to be a high-end player. No. And unfortunately – High-end players cost money uh, in free agency, and they cost you assets. Yeah, even more on the trade market. Oh, gosh. Like, we're talking about Falk. Like, the starting point we said was JVR. If he resigns, like, that's a condition that's probably going to have to happen in the trade. Because if JVR doesn't sign, they'll probably have to put a condition on the trade to add draft picks and other stuff. Yeah. So the Leafs will have to be very careful with that. I mean, they, they've been pretty careful who they traded away. They have an abundance of draft picks, but they've also lost some. Like, New Jersey, the guys they added this season to trades were not even draft picks they owned.
1: I know. They've done a really good job of improving their talent level.
0: Joe was brought in with – and one of the third-round picks was from the Leafs taking Lou Lamarillo. Yeah, I know. The second-round pick – Marcus
1: Johansson, uh, Hischer. Who else did they? They had a one more guy, I think. Boyle and who else? I feel like they had a one more guy.
0: Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, the Devils, I, I looked at the Devils, and I say, that's cute. They're making some moves. But and I don't like, think. Oh,
1: they're making some moves. I don't see them ever being, oh, next year at least. I don't see them being in in a you know a playoff spot. But they're definitely going to be better.
0: Well, they they and they bought out Camilleri, and they bought out Devontae Smith-Pelly. Mm-hmm. I just don't see the. That team doesn't have the talent yet. They'll get there. Nope um before we before we end this off let's do a little as it stands right now where do you see the leafs team next season do you see them as one of the tops in the division yeah
1: i think they're gonna finish top two in the in the atlantic because the atlantic i don't know there's just a lot of meh teams like eh, i don't see montreal being that good i think they got worse yeah, I think Ottawa's got worse, and also I, I didn't see that as, you know, a true test that they were a contender last year. They kind of, you know... Just,
0: they scraped and clawed. Yeah, exactly. And
1: it was one of those, you know, miracle runs they had one back in 2006 and then never made it close again until now. And, you know, Florida got worse um Boston, maybe I think they could be you know three or a fringe team.
0: A, a year Charlie McAvoy full time on the team yeah. could make a difference. They, for got, them. they
1: still got some young players who can come up, but um so that's a team that's going to be up there. Uh, who else am I missing in the in Metro?
0: Well, you got you got the Leafs, you got the Habs, you got the Lightning, you got Florida. Well, the
1: Lightning, I think, are, are probably going
0: to win the division yeah. or finish in, or finish second. I, mean, the, I think they're if the they biggest can get, least if competition they can get healthy. If they stay healthy, yeah, it's not getting healthy; it's staying yeah. healthy. Um, and then you also have Detroit, who I think Who's are going to be
1: terrible. And maybe Buffalo gets slightly better, but I don't know; they don't really do. Yeah, much w- w- I
0: always forget about Buffalo. Poor Buffalo.
1: Eh, there, all their fans. You know, if Jack Eichel was healthy, I just don't think they have enough talent.
0: No, especially up front. They're, they no, they haven't done enough. I think to give anyone any like hope of that they're moving up yet. They, they may be better than, like, like Ottawa, if Eichel plays
1: well. Eh, I don't know. Ottawa's going to add. Obviously, they lost my thought, but they're going to be adding uh, Is Shabbat Colin White and Shabbat. Yeah, he'll probably make the team.
0: Um, like, yeah, When I, I remember I was driving, in, I was driving, what was it, this, yesterday, and we, they were asking, uh, it was on TSN, they were asking Gordon Miller. I think it might have been today. We're recording this on Tuesday on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Um, they were asking, where do you think the Leafs are going to be? And he says, I think – I mean, they made it as a wild-card team, and I think they're going to be there again. And I'm like, well, yeah, they kind of they, – they made it on the last week of the season, but –
1: They could have easily been second.
0: They could have easily – that that Atlantic division was open for a good three-quarters of the season. The Leafs got off to, like, a, a bad start, I think. Cause and they,
1: then, you know, I think post-All-Star break, they had the third-best record in the league.
0: Mm-hmm. The Leafs also didn't have a backup goalie until McElhinney came. And they also
1: went 1-8 in shootouts.
0: That's not happening.
1: I mean, I don't know anything about Dominic Moore's prowess at shootouts, but I think Patrick Marlowe's a decent uh,
0: I actually think Dominic Moore is not bad at th- I think he scored he on might the Leafs be. before I mean, in the shootout.
1: I also don't understand how three guys as talented as Martin, Neilander Matthews are so awful at shootouts. Well, let's not
0: forget that Bozak and Kaji were given regular reps at the shootout, and James Bozak's and
1: pretty good on, on he uh, is. shootouts. Actually, so
0: I, I think you take some. You even go half. You even split the overtime shootout. Four and
1: four. That's an extra four points.
0: And that would have given the lead. May I actually? That would have put them in second. They would have been Ottawa, where yeah, Ottawa was. Yeah, where
1: Ottawa was. Yeah. So, and God knows how many. Five one four one three one leads they blew in the third period. That's you know, not Winnipeg, happening now. Chicago. <laughs> I, well, we hope it doesn't well,
0: happen. But this is a more experienced group now. That slightly. I, I think with the additions they've made, like you can send Patrick Marlowe. One thing I actually I forgot to mention about Marlowe, that guy can take some draws. Yeah, he's got versatility. I mean, he's not gonna be a he's not gonna be a primarily as a center, but in no, those he's diff- not
1: gonna be like Brian Boyle, but. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got – and he's also – he's better defensively, too. Yeah. He's really good defensively.
0: Like, he's a guy that when the Leafs are in trouble, you just – you put the puck up in the se- in center ice in the neutral zone, he's going to find it, and he's just going to race with it. hmm So, I, I, I like the signs that the Leafs made. They didn't go crazy. They weren't like, you know – I mean, Dallas gave Rigel all the five years, which – I didn't have a problem with that, actually. He's a decent player, but – I, mean, I really
1: like what Dallas has done. I think they're going to be a yeah, good team. They
0: will be. And the reason why I brought up the Rajula thing is because I read, I believe it was Travis Yost who said the Leafs could have made some cost-saving decisions over Marlowe. I
1: just don't see them giving any guy, not not their own, a five-year deal unless it's a exactly. significant deal. And player. then
0: the other guy was Scott Hartnell. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I, I kind of threw up in my mouth a little bit there when I heard that because – Good for him going back to where it all started with Nashville, but <laughs> –
1: Nah, I don't think Sienke's a no. difference maker. I think he had like 10 or 15 goals.
0: Not even that. I would rather have Zach Hyman at that point because Hartnell can't skate. <laughs> we know that. He can't skate with Matthews or Nylander. And, look, Nylander was probably the le- one of the least best player in the second half of the season.
1: And the playoffs.
0: I think. And in the playoffs. I think he's going to be a key to get it, get it all started. Matthews, I think, is going to be getting way more points. He's not going to have – What was it, like 29 assists? That's not happening next season.
1: Well, we hope so with a guy that
0: actually (laughs) can can score score goals. And somebody brought up that, you know, Hyman had more primary assists on Matthews' goals. Look, when you play with a guy who scores 40 goals, you better get some assists. (laughs) You better. Uh, And Matthews will be the even-strength guy. Like, their power play is going to be deadly again, I think. So... The other que- the one last question I have before we end it uh, is William Nylander, and whether or not you think he's going to be a center at some point.
1: I don't know. I kind of like where he is now, but it, it looks like he's going to be transitioning towards that. I don't know how good of a player he's going to be defensively. I mean, he's obviously you know really nifty and that he can you know steal the puck and is able to take it away from guys he's not gonna
0: be the physical center that you see like an Austin matthews well
1: i was thinking like a henrik zetterberg a guy that but you have to be it's a lot more cerebral kind of position and you have to do a lot i kind of like where he is on the wing personally right now uh i mean that could obviously change based on necessity and uh, uh among other things but and also an added thing is if you sign him as a winger, it's a lot cheaper than as a center.
0: So that's what I was saying. This season, you keep him on the wing. Yeah, until he signs. Sign him in a new contract, and then when Bozak is done, because this could also make maybe not having Bozak here a little easier to bear with. I mean, or you bring Boz- Bozak at a lower price, have him as like the fourth line center, and Ka- and Nylander slides in as your second line center. Kadri is your third, and that's your that's your center depth which I think would be pretty good. And somebody brought up a good way you can do that is you would bring Nylander once in a while you play him. You have him take some draws. You have him play. If Bozak gets injured, instead of going and calling up a guy, put Nylander as a center. Do things like that where you're not just throwing him into it. You're kind of easing him into it. In preseason, play him as a center. Get him kind of used to it. For sure. I I think the Leafs are in a – I mean – I think they're we, we said that this if they're not second round going conference finals, like that's probably where the expectation is going to be now, because the Blackhawks and they and they they kind of compare this to the Blackhawks. Blackhawks missed the first season with Kane and Taves. Well, at least made the playoffs with Matthews, Marner, or Nylander. Second season, they went to the conference finals. Went to the conference finals. Then Third they, season, they won. They won. So, and when I see the East, I don't see Washington being as good. No. I don't I think see,
1: the Rangers are worse.
0: Um, I think Pittsburgh is the biggest, is the guy. Is I the think T Columbus is
1: better. I think Philly's better. Nah, New Jersey's
0: better. Yeah. Detroit's going to be worse. Montreal's going to be worse. worse. Yeah. Ottawa's probably going to be worse. We talked about that. So, I, I think. The Leafs rode to the play, especially if they can make it through the. Their, look, they were the wall, the second wall card team that had to go through the Metro. It's much different than if you're in the Atlantic. Oh, and you're yeah, going you that don't want to go
1: through the Metro because you don't want to. You don't want to meet Columbus, uh, or you know. Obviously, I thought that Columbus was going to be able to get Kovalchuk, but it looks like he's going to be going back, barring. Something unforeseen.
0: I think. He, I think he realizes maybe next year will be a better time for him to try to get perhaps a contract. I really
1: like to. I really like the fit with Columbus, though. And the you know the two teams I don't want to play in the first round are Pittsburgh and Columbus. Those are teams I don't want to play at all.
0: So if you're the Leafs, you need to make and it. and Tampa Bay. Yeah, so. they need to make it as let's say like the two seed yeah. in the division.
1: Yeah, or then, the one. <laughs> Hopefully the, the one, one but. I think Tampa Bay probably wins the division. Well, well,
0: but that's the other thing, is if they make it as the one, they face the wild-card wild team.
1: team. So
0: And who which, knows? Oh, the Islanders got better,
1: too, so maybe they're a wild-card team. They're a team I wouldn't want to play specifically. If they get a player like Duchesne or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. This is where I see, like last year, where the two wild-card teams, One of the, I actually think both wild-card teams will be from the Metro. and I mean There's only two t- playoff teams I see in the Atlantic, which are the Leafs and I mean, you need three.
1: Like bonafide playoff teams. Bona bonafide
0: playoff teams. If one team, if Montreal goes on, like Montreal is almost like a team on a run where they'll go on this crazy run with Carey Price playing lights out, Mm -hmm. go off the rails for a bit, play even, no, 500 hockey for the rest of the season and make the playoffs. That's Montreal's M.O.,
1: I don't know. They got they got significantly worse. I mean, if they lose they, Markov, who,
0: there's only one guy who can score on that on that blue line, and it's Weber.
1: Yeah, Markov was. If he go, I mean, for all the flack he gets, he's still a pretty decent player.
0: He's he means a lot more. I to I think he the gets Canadians. like almost
1: 40 points as a 38 year old. But yeah, he means a lot more to the Canadians than any other team.
0: Losing Radulov was a big loss. Uh, they don't. Other than Drewen and Galchenyuk. I don't know who's going to score.
1: Why. I mean, they
0: could trade
1: Galchenyuk for a six-string D for all we know. That's what uh, – I mean, considering well, they just love trading away good young players.
0: Or, and then Unless they're French.
1: Yeah. I I actually like that deal.
0: Oh, I like the join duo, but when I hear that they're not sold on Galchenyuk yet, I, my jaw kind of drops. Yeah. It's,
1: it's, I don't know. He scores 30 goals. Just play him on the wing. He can't play center, play him on the wing. He can score you 30 goals, and he's one of the few guys that can do it.
0: And they just don't have Cederman, so yeah. Luckily, the Leafs are not in that situation anymore. Anymore. Well, I would like to thank you guys for joining us on the Tot Cast. You can follow myself, D underscore Morosudhi, on Twitter, and you got Jake. You can find him at jakemilton 12 Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and on SoundCloud or wherever you find your podcasts. Hopefully the next time we come on, we'll have a better idea of where this Leafs team will be looking next season, whether they add someone or not. And hopefully Chris will come back from Cuba without any major burns or whatever you can get from Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> and to our listeners down in the States, happy 4th of July. Jake is going to be coming back tomorrow, going back on oh, shit, Wednesday. So.
1: I'm missing the festivities. He's missing the festivities. But you're here for Canada Day. Yeah, which I guess is a trade off. A
0: little bit of a trade off, but not too bad. Thank you guys, and enjoy the rest of your summer.